When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Viewer discretion is advised. Your fave will be criticized. That's Chris. That's Shan. And welcome to CCTV, the nonstop pop show. And we will be discussing one of the most prolific producers in K-pop, Shin Sedong Tiger. Lee Ho Young, professionally known as Shin Sedong Tiger, has produced some of the most popular K-pop songs of all time. Though he had auditioned for both SM Entertainment and YG Entertainment as a singer, he wasn't accepted and he began his career as a composer and producer in 2004. And since then, he has helped artists such as Tiara, EXID, and Beast create their signature sounds and has also more recently handpicked members and songs for the new girl group, Tribe. Um, so his signature sound is pretty much made up of very repetitive hooks. Um, all throughout the song, from the choruses to the verses to the bridges. Right. Um, and he can also range from the extremely sad and dramatic mm-hmm. to the very light and bubbly, very happy pop. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he is one of the pioneers of kind of that era of K-pop. His his kind of big era was kind of that late 2000, late 2000s to the early 2010s. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, agreed and um like you said he does have a flair for the dramatic using wispy strings and striking synths and he also has a good understanding of melancholic emotions as well um he always uses like broody bass lines and poignant pianos to really uh create a full picture with his music um his focus has been on electronic songs with electronic sound excuse me with references from many past decades and he has been known to follow trends and elevate them but more on that later so starting with his first i guess success as a producer he had sia and jewelry with their songs hot girl and one more time baby one more time Uh, personally for me I don't really care for these two songs, but considering how considering how it led to him getting more work and it was his big debut with groups onto music shows, I think it was interesting. Um, it was those songs were where you could really hear his signature sound, the bouncy synths, which became a common theme that started and then became more obvious with his future collaboration with Cube. Yeah. Well, first off, I agree. I don't love those songs, but it is interesting (laughs) kind of hearing them and hearing where it went um, because his craft definitely became a lot better. Um, Mm -hmm. So he did have a partnership with Cube Entertainment, um, which at the time, so this is like the beginning of the 2010s or right at the end of the 2000s, really. Mm -hmm. um, There were really only the three big companies in K-pop. It was JYP, SM Entertainment, and YG. And all the other companies were, were smaller, like their groups weren't as popular, you know. Um, so it, it 
took a lot of time for a lot of these artists to get any attention. Mm-hmm, right. um, and so, yeah, I mean, like, for example, during this time, we had SNSD and Wonder Girls, and they were taking over the soundscape with their bubblegum pop sound with the very typical themes of love right. and romance. <laughs> and with Shinsegong, what he ended up doing, though, with Cube, he took four minutes mm-hmm. and he he actually went with the more girl crush image where they embrace self-confidence and and their production was mm-hmm. a lot more fierce and yeah. um yeah so he really put the company on the map and those artists are really popular because of him agreed agreed i remember during this time i was like what's a cube what what is a cube you know because every other company was like sm jyp yg yeah. and then suddenly geometry cube i was like what is this so i think it was interesting that he did take this kind of um approach with these with this with these with this company and with these groups Mm -hmm. um with like four minutes debut track hot issue it was just hmm, this is interesting it's about like self-love it's very confident and it was like you said very fierce And notably, when he first started working with Beast, I think that became one of the first boy groups that he would work with Mm -hmm. and achieve such critical acclaim. So, I mean, with Cube, he happened to make amazing, amazing music. Um, Also, most notably, Bubble Pop, as we all know and love. Yes. (laughs) I think along with Gangnam Style... Mm-hmm. people a lot of people who don't know much about k-pop I mean, I mean at that time they right. also knew bubble pop right yes. like that was everywhere i mean like we were talking about earlier family guy even yeah. parodied it um <laughs> and it is iconic like it is so catchy and that dance routine is just right like that right. needs to make a comeback on tiktok i think that was that was made for tiktok that'd be interesting <laughs> yeah yeah if you know if there were a tiktok right yeah. right i mean he literally kind of created the the cube sound and helped Hyuna find her sound. And even when Cube and Cube decided to create a subunit with Hyuna and Hyunsung, and they did Troublemaker. That song became iconic in itself because of the choreography, because no one had seen a, a, a guy and a girl being so intimate with each other. So there were a lot of moments that were really iconic. And then on top of that, when he was doing all these fierce concepts and sounds, he managed to create a really cute, funky song with A-Pink's No, No, No. And for a lot of people, um, A-Pink wasn't really a group that many people paid attention to unless you were like a panda at the time but when no 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 came out it was cute but it still had like a really funky baseline which is something that he's famous for and it's it was really it was a different charm from the girl crush and then the angsty boy thing that mm-hmm. beast was doing and kind of had a hold of yeah i think even if you don't even look at any of the other artists he worked with if you just right. look at all the stuff he did for the different cube artists he right. really did have a great range of what he was able to do. But even if you just take Beast and you compare like Bad Girl with yeah. Midnight. You 
know, they're kind of polar opposites, but there's still there there's a still a similar vibe to it in some way. And so it's just it's cool that he managed to kind of establish such a signature sound across these different um, sure. soundscapes. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And uh, most notably, though, I think outside of his partnership with Cube, he was able to put another group on the map and that group being Tiara. And some of the first productions that he made with them was were Bo Peep and Roly Poly. And of course, it was so different from Four Minute because Four Minute's more like fierce and in your face and uh, 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 mm-hmm. yes. Tiara kind of took on that campy thing that he was doing with like um, Sia's Hot Girl and One More Time with the whole random sounds here and there and infectious hooks and they became known for just them being catchy and I think that's what I think he really definitely helped them um but I kind of think he also pigeonholed them a little bit because people were always expecting them after that to continuously just have hit after hit after hit after hit but um you know and if I'm not mistaken I do believe that the controversy that we're going to talk about a little bit later on uh rumors started to emerge around this time because i think his work with tiara like the last song sugar free Mm -hmm. may have been inspired by some other tracks yes that word is uh that can mean a lot of different things (laughs) (laughs) we'll get to that in a second (laughs) but uh (laughs) but once uh shinsadong had kind of i guess established himself as that that go-to guy he actually assisted in the curation of one of the most famous girl groups EXID so Shinsadong actually scouted JYP trainees and was the main producer without their throughout their career mm-hmm. and um the member Ellie was a rapper and leader but she also wrote a lot of the music with him and um I mean their work together at first was a little bit more laid back in a sense mm-hmm. it, yeah that- there was something just cool about it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it felt very natural. And I mm-hmm. think that was because he, Ellie took part in it. So she was able yeah. to kind of take his his kind of production style, but actually kind of blend it with her own style. Exactly. And so their stuff really does stand out from the others. And mm-hmm. and yeah, the early stuff, even though it wasn't too successful, right. it was actually very good, I think. Yeah, real classy, like, I think. And it, I think it definitely helped with the with the brassy sounds of like a saxophone or something like that or like a little bit of a trumpet moment you could hear some of that coolness in their earlier stuff maybe Mm -hmm. like who's that girl wasn't that cool but once they had like their members that everyone knows now they put more of that into their music especially in up and down Coincidentally, was not a hit at the time, but after Hani's, you know, infamous fan cam of her mm-hmm. thrusting, <laughs> they became more famous for. And you could hear in more of their songs as they all kept working together. You had L.I.E., Lie, you had I Yeah, you had Hot Pink, you had all these songs that really helped put EXID on the map as like the sexy girl group. Mm-hmm. Um, with all these songs that I mentioned, you can hear the brassiness, the catchy hooks, everything that made Shin Sedong famous, mm-hmm. he literally focused in and gave to this group. So I thought yeah. that was really interesting. 
Yeah, it's always interesting, you know, when a producer kind of takes on a group and and kind of becomes their exclusive or they're just their main right. producer and and it's a big and it's a partnership that you can kind of create mm-hmm. as as you kind of continue the the relationship you learn about the strengths of the group right. and then you can kind of adapt even more to the to their strengths. So Right. Um but yeah, so EXID is no longer active, but mm-hmm. He Shin Sedong most recently is now in a partnership with Universal Music, and they have formed the girl group Tribe, who made their debut uh, in February 2021 with the song Doom Doom Top. So, what do you think of this song? I was getting very second gen from them, a second generation for those. We don't know but i was getting mm-hmm. a lot of second gen um sounds from this song um it's not like my favorite song i don't believe i will be revisiting this um song because it wasn't as it is i don't know it doesn't stand out to me as like wow this is an amazing track i still don't know who these girls are just yet um so it, unlike his other singles with like with for a minute, you know these girls were doing girl crush. You knew their whole thing was like this electronic sound with the beast. They're cute, blah, blah, blah. But then they started getting angsty and had more of a stronger personality you could, that you could really see in their music. Uh, right now with Try B, I don't know it quite yet. I don't know who they are yet. Um, but the song isn't bad. I will say that. What yeah. about you? Yeah, you know, I'm not a huge fan either. I was really excited that he was right. coming back because I love Beast and Formant. You know, I, yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of a lot of the stuff he's done. So I was curious what he would come up with. Right. I don't love it. Um, but I think the girls have some potential um, mm-hmm. and they have a partnership with um, one of the American labels under Universal as well for mm-hmm. international release. So I'm just kind of more curious what they're going to come up with. Right. I think it's... I think the song is fun. Mm-hmm. Definitely not the worst debut song I've oh, ever yeah. heard, you know? Right. So I think there's potential there. And and the dance routine is fun. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I'm more just curious what else they're going to do. Right. But I agree. I'm probably not going to revisit this one. <laughs> ah, yes. But, you know, we do have some tracks uh, that we really do enjoy by Shin Dong Tiger. And I do believe if he does continue working with the group, we will possibly hear something that really may wow us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for now, here are some of our favorite tracks by Shin Dong Tiger. So my absolute favorite Shin Dong Tiger production is mm. the song Fiction by yeah. Beast. Probably one of my favorites, if not my absolute favorite K-pop song ever. Mm. Like I could never get sick of it. I think it's so, I think the melody is, is beautiful. I love the, the synths in it. And and I love the, the writing on the paper sound, you know, that starts the song and and comes in throughout and the build is just, is just really good for sure. And the dance routine is also iconic with the shuffling. Yeah, um, they're penguin dance. You can't tell that I'm doing right now, but. uh. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite, not of all time, but one of my favorite tracks that Shin Sedong has done with a frequent collaborator, Hyuna. Um, Not change, not bubble pop, but actually baby. Babe, babe, it's spelled babe, but pronounced baby. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that song I think is a 
is interesting because for a while Kenna was just like the sex pot and everything she does did have like this innuendo of here's my butt here's my boobs here's everything that's like just really hot about me right but this song was like mature like she literally starts the song off saying i'm 26 um <laughs> but yeah i love the plucky strings or whatever that bell sound is um the song is unique in its usage of the high pitch sounds um that sample as the hooky parts in the verses um and i love the way the the synths kind of Womp womp, like it goes. I sound ridiculous, but it kind of womps a little bit in the chorus. Like, there's so many different textures in that bridge. Uh, It sounds like a lullaby mixed with like this really funky, just groove. It's, I love it. And it's really intriguing. And I think it's one of his more unique productions because it didn't rely heavily on the retro electro Mm -hmm. sound that he loves to use. Yeah. I do love that. Because sometimes, you know, you get these solo tracks from like the groups and, and it just sounds like a song that could have also been for the group, you know, and it's like, okay, well, yeah. But in this case, actually, I think his work with Hyuna, it does stand on its own apart from Four Minute, which I think is interesting. And and yeah. I'm curious how their relationship is in ter- like in the studio. Right, right. Yeah. Creative life. I was thinking about that when we were talking about like um, EXID, mm-hmm. how, how challenging it must be to be working on a song for one group, creating their sound and then being able to deliver another song without making those mistakes. blurring the lines yeah blurring the lines and <laughs> copying and pasting a little bit yeah but we'll get yeah. to that in a second <laughs> yeah all right so speaking of four minute another of my favorite songs that he's done is huh And this is actually one of the first K-pop songs I ever heard. Shout out to my friend Joanne from high school who used to sing it at karaoke all the time. (laughs) Yes, Uh, Joanne. (laughs) Yeah. But this song is just everything I want in a girl group. You know, super fierce. They look so good in the video. Yes. Um, And the hook is just super memorable. That Mm -hmm. chorus, you can sing along from the first time you've heard it. And so, yeah, I think it's just, this is one of his like strongest in terms of that fierce girl group moments yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i don't think i can remember any song sounding like it at this time like he really kind of just Mm -hmm. was like here here's my best work or here's some of my best work during this time bam i remember kiana was hitting that so hard that earring popped off in the video (laughs) y'all and it was gone (laughs) so that's that's one of those things that i really uh, remember about that track so this isn't like my next pick, but I just want to kind of throw this out here about for a minute. Mirror Mirror is another Shinsadong Tiger produced song. And in the beginning, Hyuna says something that sounds very suspicious. I'm going to say it and y'all tell me what y'all hear. Okay. I remember hearing this song and it sounded like she was saying four minutes, slut, four minutes, slut. I was- is that a swear word? Is I can I say four minutes slut? I think so. I, th- I think so. I'll say it then. All right. Well, you could so. say that word though. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, anyway. I think it's I think that's one of his an iconic Shinsadong Tiger moment. I'm not sure if he wrote it or what, but that. Mm. But yeah. So uh, so my second pick actually is DDD by EXID. That song is, um, I, rem- yes. I remember seeing the, yes. <laughs> I remember seeing the teasers and I thought, oh, this is interesting. Cause they were, they would be like smiling and then their faces would start to melt into this really like s- 
sexy frown. I'm like, oh, what is this song about? This song is like sassy. It's sexy. It's cool. And I think what really, aside from them shaking their butts and as like the point dance, I think it's interesting how the song transitions from like this really low and relaxed kind of synth moment with some Mm -hmm. minor percussions here and there until this full on like, the chorus is so full. The hook is just like, here's some sounds and here's some flourishes you weren't expecting. Yes. So I think that definitely plays to their vocal agility when they sing and then also to their power vocals with Solji and um, things like that. And Ellie's rap is just quality. As yeah, super that. dynamic song. One of my absolute favorites of EXID for sure. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my last favorite of his productions it's actually a lee's you and i i she's so good her voice one of the best vocalists in Mm -hmm. k-pop um and this song is so good it's super sassy i like that it sounds like there's real drums in there like there's drum rolls in there and Mm -hmm. i love all the horns i have to admit it does seem like it was influenced by beyonce's crazy in love just a wee bit but yeah yeah. especially (laughs) especially after like especially with the last chorus she goes whoa whoa, whoa, whoa." (laughs) yes yes exactly but yeah there's moments and i was sitting here like excuse me I'm not mad at this because Ailey has the chops. Had and has the chops to deliver it. So it didn't feel false. It didn't feel mm-hmm. like, mm. but I, it did remind me of that just a wee bit. But yeah. yes, agreed. That's probably one of my favorite songs by her. And because Sinchodong did this, I noticed that a lot of other producers kept trying to recreate the sound for Ailey. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting. Um, my last pick for the the songs <laughs> my last pick is, is actually fixes rock your body one of my favorite songs ever because i've gotten into vix when they had just debuted because i watched the show or whatever and i thought superhero was great for a debut great you know? really oh. good mm-hmm <sighs> Okay, I just want to say, if we ever get a chance to do a one-on-one, y'all let us know if you want us to do a one-on-one, which is I like- I want to do a one-on-one. <laughs> anyway, let's, we yeah. don't need your permission. We'll do it. <laughs> but yeah, when this song came out, I thought, oh, this is so fun because there's the guitar riff that they decided to use throughout this whole track. Very interesting. It's very, it stands out. And then the electronic instruments that were introduced to create that video game sound. And then Mm -hmm. right in the second verse, you get hit with this dubstep that actually makes sense because it feels like you're going to another level, a boss level or something like that. And it was acceptable. In the era of just dubstep being thrown in everything, Mm -hmm. this was one of the first times I thought, ah, this is how you put it in there. I can't say that for Bubble Pop. I don't know what the hell he was thinking with Bubble Pop putting that dubstep (laughs) break in the middle of a bridge. Right before letting Gina hit that high note at the end, but I digress. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's definitely one of my favorite songs. Do any of you have a pick of favorite songs that we didn't mention? If so, definitely leave it in the comments below because there's so many songs. So definitely let us know what your favorite track is by Shinsadong or your favorite tracks. All right, well, Shinsadong Tiger has definitely had some controversy through his years in K-pop. He has been accused of plagiarism for many different songs Mm. for many different artists Mm. that he's worked with. Mm. Um, So I think plagiarism in general has been a rising issue in music. Um, 
all across the world, not just in K-pop. For sure. Uh, for me, so I do work at a major record label. Mm-hmm. And so I've actually had artists I work with at my current job get in lawsuits and stuff in mm-hmm. relation to samples and things like that. So it's an interesting question. How do you separate inspiration versus copying, right? Right. In such right. a creative field, that's mm-hmm. that's such a fine line in, in every form of art. You know, you can look at games, you know, where a level might look the same as something yeah. else. So, or you could look even just an actual piece of art, right? So that's just a fine line in a creative industry, right? So it is interesting to talk about. I think the best example that's happened more recently is the Robin Thicke Marvin Gaye lawsuit in 2013 for the song Blurred Lines. And that was really a game changer right. in the industry right. because a lot of people were like, can you really punish a songwriter or producer for being inspired by previous music? Mm-hmm. And what is that line between inspiration and copying? Right. So it is complicated. Yeah. I, what do you think of it about it? Uh, yeah, it is definitely something that is uh, that causes a lot of uproar. And I don't think that a lot of maybe young fans or like civilian fans, not even trying to sound funny to kind of separate musician or like artists or right. whatever, but <clears throat> a lot of civilian fans don't understand like <clears throat> there are levels to songwriting there are levels to production and i mean as a songwriter and an artist uh there's so many in- instances where producers have narrowly escaped allegations such as these uh i mean even when i have been looking for productions for my songs i have found type beats and what that is these these are beats that are created or inspired with artist x in mind mm-hmm. so if i wanted something that sounded like a trap beat around maybe 2000 18 or so Travis Scott was that guy people would create beats in that vein um and that kind of creates that whole conversation like is this a derivative work or is this just a case of parallel development like we don't know what came first the chicken or the egg there's no way to create a timeline from when a song was written or you know because there's certain things in industry that a lot of people don't know is happening Mm-hmm. So when by the time we get it like six months later, people are like, this is a copy. Um, I mean, there has been some ele- more allegations other than with Shin Sedong Tiger, like with Teddy Park's um, production on Sunmi's her- heroine versus Cheryl Lo- Cheryl's fight for this love. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it came up and there was this whole, oh, it's just really similar. I did not know this kind of thing came up. Um, and also it's, it's tough when you have such like trendy things happening in music, like certain things are really apparent and certain things are more subtle than others. Um, but like the whole 80s zeitgeist moment that we're having right now, I mean, especially in K-pop, no offense, but K-pop, K-pop does take from um, Western pop as well. Right. Um, like La Di Da sounds like The Weeknd, Can't Stop Me by Twice sounds like Dua Lipa. They're, but the argument of plagiarism isn't brought up. It's just, hey, was this a sample from Splice? Was this right. just a core progression that we just changed a little bit? Um, but, you know, uh, that being said, though, we can sympathize with fans when you all say or they all say that they have qualms about certain songs sounding just like another. Right. Right. I think it's just, it is just a very subjective thing, you know, like me thinking something sounds like something else, Mm -hmm. you might not think the same, right? And then you have to kind of look at it, you could look at it very scientifically too, right? Mm -hmm. Is the chord progression the same? Right. Um, Is the structure the same? Or is it really just a similar feeling? 
or, you know, like it's so, it's such a subjective thing. So it's, it's always going to be a controversial thing. And I think because music in general is just more accessible now yeah, and you can kind of find something super random from YouTube (laughs) from years ago and then be inspired by it and come Mm -hmm. up with something it's inspired by it. Yeah. You know, it's tough. It's tough. It's It's tough. tough, You know, um, we're trying to be as objective as possible, uh, Chris and I, by the way. Uh, so, you know, everyone has their own opinion about the situation, but we would be remiss if we did not acknowledge some of the fans' concerns. Um, there has not been any lawsuits or any kind of legal situations that we are aware of, mm-hmm. but these are some of the topics or songs that have come up uh, with plagiarism and Shinsadong being in the same conversation. So the most notable of these controversies uh, was Momoland's Boom Boom. Mm. Uh, there were a lot of different references, I guess you could say, that, <laughs> that people found. They were like, Victor sounds like this. The yeah. hook sounds like this. Um, and there's, it's, there have been like six or seven songs that, <laughs> that people have said <laughs> that this references. Um, right. I mean, there's one that's probably the most easily recognizable, which is mm-hmm. Cerebro Mimi. <laughs> That one's a pretty hard to argue against, I think, <laughs> yes. if you hear that back to back. But what yes. do you think of, of some of the other ones? Uh, you know, I feel so bad for this group because, first of all, just to go off on a little tangent, I feel like they're trying to make Momo Land another tiara where it's like every song has to be anthemic and it mm-hmm. doesn't. Let them let them have a nice progression because they can't get out of it now. Just want to say that. Second, <laughs> they got pigeonholed. Second, uh, I just feel so bad because... I guess it's natural in K-pop to try to recreate, you know, lightning doesn't strike twice, but maybe some other natural disaster that's just as iconic will happen. Right. So (laughs) they were trying to, (laughs) they were trying to capture lightning in a bottle. I'll say that. And so with bam and I'm so hot, that same retro electro sound, that same EDM kind of like shuffle every day I'm shuffling situation. It just really kind of gave this group a, a bad name, and B, it made people really start to kind of mm-hmm. hone in on Shin Zedong's habits. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even as a songwriter, I've literally used the same words. I was like, I, I, don't know, I don't know how else to express that I love you. I'll say I love you again. You know, it mm-hmm. happens. But this kind of made people start to look back mm-hmm. into certain tracks, like, like what you said with EXID, even though they were his group, essentially, like his produced group, he reused a track, Are You Hungry and DDD, dur, 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 in Momo Land's future singles. And it's kind of unfortunate for them, you know? Yeah. So similar melodies. Yeah. For sure. I mean, again, though, it's like if you just change one note, yes. Is that copying or is it not? Right? Like <laughs> yeah. that's where it can get more controversial mm-hmm. or, you know, is subjective, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, well, I mean, sometimes, sometimes, the things that he does is blatantly obvious and sometimes it's really subtle or even sometimes just really almost, I don't want to say foolish, but there was this one time with A-Pink, he had made love, L-O-V-E, love, and then two year, two or three years later does five. One, two, three, four, five. And I didn't look into it before, but I was like, who 
in their lazy mind was like, oh, this going to be, I mean, granted, A Pink and the pandas that fandom, they're supportive, but it just doesn't make sense why the girls were given the same song with a changed freaking right. melody, you know? Right. So, and then the more obscure thing that happened that I didn't even realize until we were doing research for this, um, this talk mm-hmm. was Beast. I love me some Beast. Okay. Yeah. And, 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 and I'm stuttering right now because I'm just oh, taken aback. I'm shocked. I feel schmeckledorfed at the moment <laughs> was that bad girl was actually. Should I use interpolation? Should I use derivative? I don't know what word to use in this very moment, but there mm-hmm. is a song called I'm not going to teach your boyfriend how to dance by the black kids or just black kids. Rather, it's a it's a song that has very similar chords. Well, it was a specific remix as well, I believe. Yes, a specific remix. Yeah. I'm like, how? The, first of all, how the hell did you find this remix? Second of all, how did no one else notice this? I mean, I guess K-pop wasn't a thing back then. So, like, no one was really checking for what was happening. Yeah. I, so, I had never heard about this until you showed it to me earlier this week as well. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, again, one of those things, it does sound very similar. Where the heck could he have found this, though, you know? Right. Um, but again, it's all, again, it's like, you don't know how a creative process goes. Sometimes right. you may have heard something years ago, yes. randomly. Yeah. And then when you're writing a song, you know, you're just like, oh, I like this chord progression. And it goes with this kind of funky beat. And then, mm-hmm. it, you know, and then it's like, you have no idea that you're actually referencing something that you heard. Yeah. You're, you know, it's just, it's, yeah. just, it's just hard with this creative thing. That yeah. one is just so obscure though. <laughs> right. I'm, I'd be floored if that's really, he actually heard that and was like, I'm going to take this. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. right. You know, yeah. it, it's strange. I mean, I, I think maybe this is for a different conversation, but I've always noticed that K-pop has had this, of course, music has always traveled, especially in this age of the internet. But I remember listening to like older, like first gen K-pop and hearing so- uh, groups like Deuce have a song that sounds like Bobby Brown's um, My Prerogative or something like that or right. whatever, whatever New Jack Swing. And I'm like, how the heck do they have access? To- I mean, maybe a cassette tape, maybe a CD. So maybe somewhere down the line, he was just listening to some music and was like, I like this. And then years later, we have a boy group you know, love call from Q. We have a boy group. Cool. I got a track that I want to kind of lay down. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. But I mean, the controversy, unfortunately, just did not stop. I mean, it it seemed to kind of settle down a little bit more with EXID. Like it was more like, oh, this is an original track. But then he was kind of creating like this whole like brass, brass sample chorus with them all the time i don't know mm. with you know up and down and then ah oh, yeah and all these other songs sounded really similar um it, uh, uh, you know it started getting a little bit questionable i mean he wasn't really plagiarizing other people but he just kind of was just really stuck on this one sound for this group which isn't terrible um but there honestly though there has been times where he's been plagiarized like there was this i forgot what country they're from this Spanish speaking group mm-hmm. uh, copy copied Bo Peep and turned the song to Poppy. That's why I was struggling to say copy and poppy. Sorry. It was like poppy, 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 poppy. <laughs> so he has been on the other end of the like, I think Bad Girl has been copied before too. I think it was yes. like some other Asian, like another Asian country, maybe employer yeah, yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's been a victim of it himself. So he isn't he isn't completely like, you know, on the he's 
he's been on the other end of the plagiarism stick. Um, but, you know, even with his uh, work with EXID, I do hope that with the new group, um, controversy won't keep stirring up with them, you know? Um, yeah, but unfortunately, <laughs> with her first <laughs> single, fans have already been saying that does sound like Blackpink's Pretty Savage. I mean, I kind of hear it, you know, it's, it's, again, it, it's like, first off, we don't know when these songs were written, right? Chicken like, and the egg. Yeah, chicken and the egg. And then also, I like Pretty Savage. Like, if you look yeah. at our review, like, I right. gave it a very high rating. Um, yes. But it's not like it's the most innovative song, you know, there, I'm sure we could, if we really did some research, we could find other songs that also sound, have the similar vibe, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, again, what is the line between it being a stretch you right. Know, and, and just kind of just trying to find things to be annoyed about at this point, you know, as opposed <laughs> right. to just, you know, that's the trend in music. Like that was just a cool thing, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you. That one is kind of, it's, that was actually one of the songs where I kind of sat back and I thought, mm, mm, the whole feel conversation, like with, with Wua or Uwa with, with Daya, you could hear that it was, that sounded like super love, but this one, <sighs> the feeling i'm not mm-mm, mm-mm, yeah mm-mm, we're not gonna go there but i hope for future singles um he's able to create tribe's sound without brass mm-hmm. and without creating derivative works like you know no tea no shade you need it you got to come correct with this now because now there's a there's a magnifying glass on you and aside from that and you being able to narrowly escape lawsuits mm-hmm. you have a group that will waste money if you cannot avoid this controversy you know like so beyond like it's just ethically wrong you're effing with like i don't know what six seven girls lives i forgot how many girls are in the group i apologize but you're you're messing with their lives now and their livelihood Mm -hmm. so at this point it's like come correct with them create original tracks try to create your own sound again you did it before you could do it again yeah, it'll be interesting as well because Ellie from EXID did actually mm-hmm. co-write uh, Doom Doom Ta. And mm-hmm. so it'll be interesting if she also stays involved with right. this group as well and maybe take what they learned from, you know, the EXID experience and then, mm-hmm. you know, apply it as they, again, like grow this relationship with these new girls, right? Right. So yeah, it'll definitely be interesting. I'm excited to see kind of what happens. Yeah. And I'd love for him to work with another boy group because it seems like Beast is kind of the only one that he did multiple songs right. with. Like the others are kind of one-offs. So yeah. I would love for him to, to get with a new boy group. That'd be interesting for sure. So what do you all think about Shinsadong Tiger and his impact on K-pop? Let us know your thoughts in the comments below and also tell us your favorite songs of his as well. Uh, please give us a like, subscribe to our channel and hit that notification bell. And don't forget to follow us at CCTV Pops on all of our social media. Until next time, that's Shan. That's Chris. And we are CCTV. Bye. Bye. But one more, a little bit. Sideways. Lost my spot. Okay. Okay, wait, I'm going to do a cut right there. Okay. He said, sorry, I definitely said something I meant to tell you in private. Ruby, rewind. Wait, what? <laughs>